Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 14, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. A Nazarite was to be separate in appearance. We talked about this. No razor was to come upon his head. He was to grow long hair. Uh, Also, a Nazarite was to be separate in abstinence. Abstinence, yes. He was to abstain from wine or strong drink. Also, a Nazarite was to be separate in his avoidance. Not only his appearance and his abstinence, but also avoidance. He was to have no contact with dead bodies or with dead anything. Not only avoidance, but also he was to be separate in his appetite. You get it? All of these start with A. Appearance, abstinence, avoidance, appetite. Yeah, Samson was not to eat anything unclean. And then lastly, he was to be separated in his allegiance. Samson was to be separated and consecrated for life. Now, there were others in the Bible who were Nazarites, but they were Nazarites for a short period of time. Generally about six months, six months to a year, but not Samson. Samson was to be a Nazarite forever. From his mother's womb and all the days of his life, he was to be separate in appearance, separate in abstinence, separate in avoidance, separate in appetite, and separate in his allegiance to the Father. God is essentially saying you are to be dedicated, Samson, and consecrated and never intoxicated. Oh, bummer. Never intoxicated? Nope. No wine. Samson is a very interesting study. Often not dedicated. Often not consecrated. And get this, and sometimes intoxicated. Uh, We'll see that. Look with me in Judges chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Now Samson went down. Stop right there. Give me your attention. You could put a period right there. This would capsulize, summarize Samson's life. Samson went down. Now, if you've been with us, you know his name means sunny, like in the sun. Sunny. And when you think of Samson, I don't know about you, but I can hardly read this and not think of like the cartoons Uh, because I love cartoons. Fred Flintstone is the man. I don't care what nobody says. Fred is the man. I just love the cartoons. I'm just a big kid. And and, and so when, when I think of Samson and I read Judges and I think of Samson, I think of, you know, like baby Samson. And in the cartoons, they always show him he always looks like Bam Bam. 
Isn't it true? He always is like the really strong baby that picks up the cars and, you know, like hits people with cars and stuff, you know. And he's kind of like Bam Bam as a baby. And, and then the Samson in the cartoons of the grown-up Samson, he always looks like Hulk Hogan or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Rodney Finch. And, <laughs> and, and as I pointed out, the last, what's so funny? Okay, I'm working on it. And, and as I pointed out the last time, the truth be told, as you study the scriptures, I can see that Samson is probably more like the before picture than the after picture. And you see the before and after pictures. The before picture, they got this guy in a side view and his stomach's out there here and, you know, and it looks terrible. And the after picture, he's like, you know, Charles Atlas. Well, I think Samson was probably more like the before picture than he was. I don't think you would look at Samson and say, hey, man, you know, man, how, how often do you work out, dude? I mean, what are you doing, 40 grams of protein a day? Look at you, man. I don't, I don't think that would happen. I think Samson actually looked more like a 90-pound weakling. No muscles. Why? Why would you say that, Rodney? Because if you fast forward, don't do it now, chapter 16 of this very book, you will see that they wanted to know where Samson got his strength. So if he was the big Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rodney Finch type person... Would they had asked him, oh, where are you getting your strength? No, they would say, look at you. No wonder you can do the things that you do. Look at you. You're huge. There's a guy that came by the church. Yes, I don't know if he's here tonight. But uh, don't look around. <laughs> but uh, this guy, he goes to his church. And now I'm looking to see if he's here. And uh, this guy is huge. I mean, I was hugging him like this, and my arm, I got my arm around him, and I was just like on his shoulder that was nearest to me. I'm like, dude, you are huge, man. And, and when you're that big, I mean, it, it, of course you look as if you can do. Why would they ask him, find out where he got his strength from, if he were the big Arnold Schwarzenegger type? He probably wasn't. And the reason why I know also he wasn't, because the Bible says it was the Spirit of the Lord that came upon him to do the great things that he has done. He's, God doesn't need muscles. Say amen if you knew that. God doesn't need muscles. Some of y'all are like, good thing. Because <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> God doesn't need muscles. It's not by might nor by power, but by my, you know it. So I don't think he was the big type. He wasn't the a big guy. He probably was a very, very small guy. Now, notice in your text, let me bring your attention again to the first four words. If you're a note taker, underliner in your Bible, underline the first four words of chapter 14, would you? Notice it says, now Samson went down. You see, as I said, it capsulizes his life. He went down to Timnah and he saw a woman, the text goes on to say. Samson was a he-man with a she-weakness. In other words, Samson liked the ladies. Samson is an odd mix of heroism and tragedy, weakness and strength. Samson could conquer the Philistines, but he couldn't conquer his own flesh. 
He liked to tell riddles, but his life was a riddle. Warren Wiersbe, he wrote this about Samson. He said, be, be, be bold before men, Samson was weak before women and couldn't resist telling them his secrets. Empowered by the spirit of God, he yielded his body to the appetites of the flesh. Called to declare war on the Philistines, he fraternized with the enemy and even tried to marry a Philistine woman. He fought the Lord's battles by day and disobeyed the Lord's commandments by night. Given the name Samson, which means sunny, he ended up in the darkness, blinded by the very enemy he was supposed to conquer. And then the prince of preachers, C.H. Spurgeon, said this. His whole life is a series, speaking of Samson, his whole life is a series of miracles and follies. Interesting. And yet God would use him mightily, as we'll see, and in the coming studies. Notice in verse 2, so he went down the Timnah. He saw in verse 14, look at verse, uh, pardon me, chapter 14, verse 1. Notice he saw, uh, see, here's the problem. Circle the word saw. Here's the problem. He saw a woman. This is where sin begins, by the way. How often have we heard of people, they backslid and they fall? fallen away from the Lord. Perhaps you have at some point in your life backslidden and fallen away from the Lord. Do you realize that no one gets up in the morning and decides to backslide? It doesn't happen like that. No one gets up on a beautiful sunny day after having a good night of sleep, had a good breakfast, showered and put on some nice clothes, go outside, take a stretch and get a bit of sun and say, you know, today I think I'll fall away from the Lord. Yeah, that's what I'll do. And they do. No, it doesn't happen that way. It starts with something very small. Something very small, which seemingly insignificant. This is where Samson fell with his eyes. Did you notice? He saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And here we begin a downward spiral. I often said it. You've heard me say it in the past. People do not fall away from God. Step by step by step by step, they walk backwards. That's how people. And then they realize I am really far away from God, and their hearts are hard, and they don't come to church. And before you know it, you haven't seen them in a couple years, and you go, how you doing, man? man I, I, you know what? It's been years. I don't know how it happened, but I'm, I'm away from God. It started a long time ago, and oftentimes it starts right here in your heart or something very insignificant like what you see. That's why you got to guard your eyes. As the Bible says, guard your eyes. It was Job who said, set a watch on my eyes, or God, God guard my eyes. You got to watch your eyes because those things begin to plant seeds in your life. And before you know it, you're into a pattern or behavior or something, and it all began with what you started to see. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. You, you understand? So this is where it all begins. 
And step by step, little bit by little bit, I'll point it out for you as we go. Here's another little piece where he began to fall away from God. And another piece where he began to fall away from God and walk away from God. And step by step by step by step by step, before you know it, he's in complete and total disobedience to God. Interesting. And so in verse 2, he went up and told his father and his mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Now, did you see that? Notice Samson goes down the Timnah. He sees a woman. And how sad is this? The first words recorded in the Bible from his mouth is not mama and dada. The first words recorded from his mouth is, I saw a woman in Timnah. First quotation, I saw a foxy mama. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, his eyes, you know, they just come out of his head. Man, I saw a foxy mama. I want her. She is fine. <laughs> I got to have her, ma. I got to have her. Dad. You know, some people say this is love at first sight. I've been, you know, studying this. They go, oh, isn't that sweet? It's just love at first sight. I'm like, this is not love at first sight. This is lust at first sight. Oh, y'all in church, I know y'all being holy, but that's all right. It's true. It's true nonetheless. This is lust at first sight. But either way, lust or, or love, God didn't ordain for Samson to marry this woman. He wasn't supposed to be in Timnah in the first place. Did you get that? You see, if Samson would have just waited in the place that God had called him, God would have brought that someone that God had set aside for him, the person who was perfectly suited to strengthen him and to cause him to become that man that he's supposed to be, God would have brought that woman to him. But because Samson has gone after a woman that he wants, he actually will never become the man that God wants him to be, really, and he will never um, um, marry, marry the woman that God really wanted him to marry in the first place. Now, I, I really believe that. Somebody asked me one time, they said, do you actually believe that there's one woman for one man on the earth, Pastor Rodney? I said, I absolutely do. Yes, I do. You actually believe that I'm supposed to find the one woman on the entire earth now that I'm supposed to find the one woman for me. Is that what you're saying, Pastor Rodney? I said, no, that is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that if you will be patient and wait on the Lord, let me tell you something. God knows how to bring her. I don't care where she is. She could be a pygmy in Africa. God will clean her up. <laughs> Or wherever the pygmies are, I don't know where they are. Somebody told me, but I forgot. But God will clean her up, give her nice teeth. Amen. Come on. <laughs> now, you know nice teeth is a prerequisite. <laughs> and then fix her up and <laughs> fix her up and bring her to you. And, and bring it to you. And, and it's important to simply just say, you know, God, you know, if Samson would have, listen, if Samson would have just simply made it his priority to say, God, I want, you know, the woman 
that, that, that you have for me. And God, I will wait for the woman that you have for me. And God, I will not settle for anyone less than the woman that you have for me. Then if he would have waited, he would have been a lot better off. God would have brought her to him. If you want to be married, that's okay. But the problem is, is when people want to be married and they go out trying to, you know, single people, can I talk to you? The problem becomes when you want to be married that you go out to find the mate that you want. And let me tell you, that just gets weird. People looking for mates at Harris Teeter at the broccoli section. I mean, what's up with that? You know, I'm shopping for broccoli. You've been shopping for broccoli for three hours. You're standing there, it's going through the broccoli, waiting to see who comes along. You know, oh, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. Mmm, nice broccoli. Nice guy. Hey, you like broccoli? I like broccoli. What do we have in common? Broccoli? Oh, okay, well, let's get married. What, what is up with that? You know, see, you're trying to make it happen yourself. Versus saying, Lord, you know, I just want to wait on you. If Samson would have just waited on the Lord, he'd have been a lot better off. Nothing wrong with wanting to be married. Nothing wrong with wanting to stay single. Unless, of course, you're married. Then (laughs) that would be a problem. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong. Really, I mean, you know, because I I know that there's a pressure. And and married folks, just give me a minute. I'm talking to single people. I, I know that there is a pressure to be married. And especially in church. Especially in church, because everybody's married, everybody got their cheerings. <laughs> Depending on where you're from, you're cheering. <laughs> everybody, you know, you got kids, and everything that the church does is for the married folks and their families, and whatever happens to the single people. I know, I talk to them, I know. And there's this pressure to get married. Listen, don't be under pressure to get married. You know, God could have, if God has given you the gift of celibacy, then then you should stay unmarried. If you can be unmarried and you like to be unmarried, there's nothing wrong with being unmarried. Why is there this pressure? You know what? As a matter of fact, being unmarried, you could do more for Jesus than marry folks. Yes, you can. You can do more for the Lord than marry people because married people got to check with each other. Honey, do you mind if I move to India? <laughs> yes, I do. And you going by yourself? If you're going, see ya. I ain't going nobody's in there. I, I, I laugh about that because that actually happened to me. <laughs> I said, honey, you know, I can live in India. I said, I said, honey, I can live in India. You know, I said, I can live in India. She said, you can by yourself, with yourself. <laughs> and, you, and you know, when you're married, you, you kind of have to do the married thing and check with each other and talk to each other and communicate. And, you know, my heart's got to be your heart and your heart's got to be my heart. And, you know, we got to do all this, you know, balance the checkbook together. And do we have enough money collectively and all of this stuff? But when you're single, you don't have to do that. You want to go to India? Go to India. 
You don't have to check with anybody. Just get on a plane and go. I mean, really, that's kind of a nice thing. You want to buy something? Buy it. You want to buy a gift for Pastor Ronnie? Buy it. Share. You know, I mean, you can do these things. You don't have to, honey, can I buy a gift for Pastor Ronnie? No. <laughs> you don't have to do that. So when you're single, it's good. It's okay to be single, but it isn't okay when you, when you want to be married and then you start to take things into your own hands. It's not okay when you want to be married and you start to manipulate situations so that you can get married. You see? It's, it's okay. What you need to do, if you want to be married, that's okay. Tell that to the Lord. Tell that to God. Take all your castor cares upon him. He cares for you. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Right? So that's all right. But, but you have to wait on the Lord. Because sometimes, you know, and don't get impatient with your church either. That happens too. Well, you know, ain't no cute guys at Calvary Chapel, so I'm just going to. Uh, see, I've, I done had all these conversations. I know. Mom, I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about here, all right? You know, Pastor Roddy, ain't no cute girls at Calvary Chapel, and all the ones that's cute, they don't want to go out with me. I'm like, well, then you need to fix something. What you want me to tell you? I mean... <laughs> Go buy something to wear, something, fix stuff up, take a shower. <laughs> I mean, ain't none of the girls want to go out with me. I'm like, and you not know why? <laughs> you know, and, and, and you, and you know, it's, nobody can have a job. So then you're going to go to another church because there's cuter guys over there or some of the girls don't know you. And, and you know how that goes. You, you just got to, you need to wait. You know, the, there's, 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 you know, there's a spiritual deal. There, there's, a, um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a spirituality in just waiting on God. You know, people talk about, you know, how spiritual they are because they speak in tongues or they shout or they do this or they prophesy and they do all these other things. But you know what? Show me how spiritual, how spiritual you are as I watch you wait on the Lord. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary, run and not faint. You know, you need to wait on God. And I believe that if you are waiting in faithfulness and holiness and patience and and just waiting on the Lord, God will bring that person to you supernaturally. You know, it is very possible that person's not at Calvary Chapel yet. It's very possible, here's one for you, that that person's not even saved yet. God will save them and bring them just to you. How do I know that? Because that happened to me. Do you know I got saved January 23rd, January 23rd, 1982, got saved and met my wife the same day. Did y'all know that? Did I ever tell y'all that? Well, I just told you now. I got saved and met my wife the same day. And she had already been a Christian for 10 plus years or whatever. But God had to save me and then bring me to her. So it is very possible that the person that you're waiting for is not even a Christian yet. The point is, you don't have to figure all that out. We're just talking, okay? We're just conversating. You don't have to figure all that out. 
what you need to know is W-A-I-T, wait. And if you wait on God, then God will bring that person to you supernaturally. And until then, can I share something with you? It would be better for you to remain unmarried than to marry a non-believer. Say amen, saints. It would be, I cannot tell you the horror stories that I have heard from many, 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 many people who have married a non-believer. You know, I would tell you don't even go out to dinner. First question at the, when you're checking out your broccoli. <laughs> First question, okay? Are you a Christian? You a believer? Get around to it. I don't know how you're going to do it. Weave it into the broccoli conversation. I don't know what to tell you. But you need to do that. You, you need to do that. And the reason why you need to do that, because you don't even want to go to dinner. Now listen, listen close. You don't even want to go to dinner with someone who is not a believer. Yeah, but he's cute. So, there's another cute one coming. Just wait. Don't even go to dinner with them. It's not that you got to be holy or righteous and now and I, you know, I'm a Christian, so I don't talk to non-believers and, you know, that kind of thing. Don't go there. That's not what this is all about. But what it is about is that you don't want to even go out dinner with them because Satan will use that, just that little temptation, and it'll be a really, really nice dinner. It'll be perfect because he's always a gentleman before he marries you. It'll be perfect, and you'll want to go out again. And it'll be perfect. And you'll want to go out again. And it'll be perfect. And before you know it, you've got feelings for this person that you really shouldn't have had in the beginning. Samson, you had no business being in Timna in the first place. So wait on the Lord. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.